Good morning, listeners. It is currently Monday, April 13th, and you are listening to today's episode of the 5-Minute Drill, brought to you by F5 Media. Let's skip the BS today and get straight to it, Simi, because we have got a lot to cover. So what do you got for us? Well, Darian, we're kicking off earnings season, and you can expect to hear this week from J.P. Morgan Chase, Bank of America, United Health Group, and Johnson & Johnson. And let me tell you, investors will be paying much more attention than usual because Q1 earnings will give them the first real clue about how much of an impact the pandemic has had on corporate profits. There's certainly been a lot of speculation, but really we'll have a better idea about the damage later this week. Right, and as of now, it looks like investors are fully prepared for a dismal week ahead, Simi. Even though we saw Saudi Arabia and Russia reach an official agreement on Sunday, which Simi will touch on here in a second, investors are still severely worried about the uncertainty surrounding COVID-19 and aren't too optimistic about earnings reports coming out this upcoming week, like you mentioned, Simi. And that said, over the weekend, we saw futures fall for all major indexes by nearly 1.2%. Gotcha. And on the oil side, we saw that 23 countries, including Saudi Arabia and Russia, finalized terms over the weekend to withhold 9.7 million barrels of oil a day from global markets. This equates to 13% of world production, so you can expect crude oil prices to increase during today's market open. And just as that agreement wraps up, Simi, we are now seeing Matt Gallagher, who is a 37-year-old CEO of Parsley Energy in Texas, begin to advocate for oil output cuts in the Lone Star State. Over the past week, Mr. Gallagher has been attempting to rally fellow Texas oil producers to support a mandatory production cut, which is a rather arduous task in an industry where executives tend to oppose any form of government intervention. Regardless, the Railroad Commission of Texas, which regulates the state's oil industry, is set to discuss the proposal this Tuesday. We're also seeing some interesting news pertaining to tariffs. Medical supply companies are asking the government for relief on specific inputs that are necessary to build products and goods that can fight the coronavirus pandemic. For example, a Berkshire Hathaway chemical making company is asking U.S. officials to remove a 25% tariff on glutaraldehyde, which the company argues is a very effective disinfectant that can kill the coronavirus. Well, I'm glad you had to say that, not me, Simi, because I was a mouthful. But while those companies try to tackle the sanitizer and disinfectant issue, GM and Ford have been trying to figure out how to address the current ventilator shortage. Reports say that the Ford factory in Dearborn, Michigan, has been mocking up a factory layout that would allow them to mass produce those machines. And on the other hand, a GM factory in Kokomo, Indiana, has been training employees to put together circuit boards and connect tiny tubes on test ventilators and are expected to begin production by the start of this week. And now moving on to the airline industry, we've seen a lot of hesitation as executives want to renegotiate the aid terms in the recently passed $2 trillion stimulus package. While airlines received everything they requested, it did come with some strings attached, such as 30% of the aid has to be repaid, they're not able to lay off workers or cut salaries until October, and they're restricted from buying back shares or paying dividends. But you know what they say, Darian, beggars can't be choosers. And airline companies aren't the only ones having issues with this last stimulus package, Simi. Many small businesses are also worried that they won't get their share of the cake, as the $350 billion small business relief program has already approved nearly $178 billion in loans and is projected to run dry by the end of this week. That said, Congress is actively working to put together yet another relief package for small businesses, which could include an additional $250 billion. And at this point, lawmakers are hoping to reach an agreement earlier this week. 
And outside of coronavirus-related matters, but still pertaining to the political world, we are seeing the state political parties move toward virtual meetings, which, if successful, could serve as a model for national Republicans and Democrats if the pandemic prevents big gatherings for the rest of the year. Right. And as of now, both parties are still anticipating that they will be able to hold events this upcoming August, but have started to prepare for otherwise, Simi. In particular, Republican Party Chairman Caleb Heimlich has enlisted political tech startup Voter Science to begin building a platform for voting and will be pairing with Zoom to give participants the opportunity to interact. Darian, you know, I have to think that when Zoom's founders were creating it, the last thing they could have imagined it being was a voting platform. But anyhow, we're going to keep things light for today's question. If someone narrated your life, who would you want to be the narrator? Now, I know Darian would choose Elizabeth Holmes, but we want to hear your thoughts. So tweet us at Up5Media and stop by our website to subscribe at Up5Media.com. And we will catch you bright and early Tuesday morning as we continue our journey to redefine how you experience news.